You are tuning in to the Milk Carton series. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today we're going to talk about the Amber Alert system. What's good, guys? So welcome back to the channel. I'm trying something very differently. I actually have my mic hooked up because I want to see how this works far as recording an episode for my podcast because I don't want to feel like I'm doing double the work. So yeah, I'm excited. But today, guys, we're going to be discussing nine-year-old Amber Hageman. If you guys do not know about this crime story, This crime story literally was kind of like the beginning for me of how I knew I wanted to be in forensics. Um, And I say that because I remember seeing an episode of on the ID channel where it could have been like back in the day where you have forensic files that come on, but not really specifically the investigation discovery channel. But I just remember hearing about her story and how the Amber Alert was originally created because I never knew that information. And this was like a long time, guys. So I don't even remember the age that I really found out. But I know I had to be probably in my teenage years because this case happened in 1996. Amber Hagerman was nine years old when she was kidnapped and murdered. And her case really just struck a chord because, again, like all the other crime stories or missing person cases that I cover, it's always sad when a young child is brutally killed or just missing, period. Like, I just always put myself in their family's shoes because it's just something that is always and always will be heartbreaking for me as a person because I know what it's like to have someone being brutally killed in your family. So yeah, so we're going to talk about her story and I'm excited to really just present this to you guys because maybe you may have never knew about this information. I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of you have, but if you did not know, this case was truly the groundbreaking movement of how the Amber Alert came to be. So on January 13th, 1996, Amber Hagerman and her five-year-old brother, Ricky, went on a bike trail in Arlington, Texas. And when they went on this bike route, just going towards like the local grocery store, Amber did not return home. It was reported that Ricky, the younger brother, he got tired of being on this bike route with Amber because they had went to an abandoned parking lot at a local grocery store where I don't believe it was in use. And so Ricky, he was tired and he decided to ride back home. And this this, 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 this right here is where we have to really talk to our children. And it's kind of good that in the articles that they do put this in here, because I always say you never want to leave your sibling or anyone that you are with, because this is how things can occur. So minutes later, this is where the story takes that turn. Amber was abducted. And so when Ricky returns home, You know, of course, his family's like, where's Amber at? And he's like, I left her, And you know. And so at this point, they send him back. They send him back to go look for Amber and Amber was nowhere to be found. So then when he returns home, 
Ricky basically tells his grandfather that Amber is nowhere to be found. So the grandfather, like any parent of a child, you know, jumps in the truck and goes and looks for Amber. When he return when he returns back to where Ricky and Amber were last at, there was a police officer waiting there because an individual that lived near the that parking lot actually heard a scream come from that current area. And thank gosh for this individual because they so happened to call the police because they witnessed this man actually abducting Amber. And I'm just like, thank goodness for people who are vigilant on paying attention because what if no one had heard this information like, and they just drove off? It would have been such a crazy thing. I mean, it's already crazy, but it would make the situation like I feel more stressful because then you're like, where is Amber? Of course, you know, she's been abducted, but at least, you know, with this piece of information that is given by that eyewitness, you know, for a fact, Amber was actually kidnapped. And what's even strange too, her bike was still there in the parking lot. And that was pretty much the most that they would find far as Amber. So over a period of time, they, the family began to go onto the news, you know, pleading, bring their baby back. And it would be four days before Amber's body would be found. A man walking his dog just so happened to walk past near this creek area, near the apartment complex. And he ended up seeing Amber's naked body lifeless on the floor. And what's sad is this apartment complex was literally five miles away from where she had been abducted. And poor Amber was like, her throat was slashed and she was of course raped. And that's just the mind blowing thing about it. It's like, and I say this all the time to my husband when I have these conversations about rape or sexual assault in that topic frame, it's like people... They just want to go after... I was watching something on the Investigation Discovery Channel, and it, it's a new segment they have about, like, something about a predator. And it was just... One episode was just discussing about um, a rapist who is going around raping children. And to me, in my mind, you know, anyone's right logical mind is, you're a grown man. There are women out here throwing themselves at you or throwing their stuff at any man walking, there's prostitutes if it gets that bad. And, but you have to think in a person's ill and sick mind that it's not about that. It's about the, the taking it's about, you know, some people, like I was reading another thing about, I forgot what it was, but it was basically discussing the mental of people who go after young children. And it's very sick. And it just makes you want to hold on to your children a little more and to protect them in any way that you can. But of course, we can't always protect them. And that's the scary part about life. Like that scares the living shit out of me. <laughs> the eyewitness did state that the individual looked to be in about his about 25 to 30-ish range. He was a medium-sized built. He looked to be either white or Hispanic. And he, 
Amber was basically hauled into that truck and she was screaming and kicking. And that's how he noticed, you know, this transaction happening. Um, he does also state that, that he was about six feet tall. And that was pretty much all the information that the police officers had to go off on far as this individual. But the one thing that I was really pleased with after he had called 911, the police were very on it, you know, and I think that's awesome in a lot of, you know, abduction cases. But sadly, there weren't a lot of kidnappings in this time frame back in 1996. I mean, it may have happened, but it wasn't as like periodically like how we have now. Every time you turn on the news, someone is going missing. But what's sad about the situation is because our body was naked and it was left in the creek area, water kind of damaged any forensics evidence that if if there was, you know, she had only but a sock on and there wasn't really enough evidence on that sock, if anything, as well. And if and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Water can like truly damage any forensic evidence as far as any semen, you know, of those biological or fluid type of things. And it was said that when Amber's body was placed there, there was a storm that had come through. So even if there was any type of physical evidence, it was definitely washed away due to the rain and then her body being, you know, slumped into the, the creek area. So after Amber's murder, um, Diane Simone called in from the Fort Worth, Texas area to a local radio station. And she asked the pondering question, how is it that you guys send out the severe weather alert, but you didn't send out the alert for Amber being abducted and kidnapping? And I th think this was the pivotal part of how the Amber alert began to unfold. Because if you think about it, if the community had no had known that Amber was abducted. Maybe they could have gotten the, the vehicle description, what he looked like, because Amber had been alive for two days before she was killed. And it could have potentially saved her life if this had already been, in fact, out there in the world. And at Diana's request, this was named after Amber, which we all know as the Amber Alert. And Amber's mother, Di, Di, I want to make sure, Donna, basically called the Amber Alert bittersweet for her beautiful baby girl. You know, it doesn't bring back her daughter, but it gives like a sense of this won't, this could potentially save another child if in fact they were kidnapped. And the Amber Alert blew up, you know, it's in 50 states all across the world. Um, I mean, we get the notifications via text and it scares the living daylights out of me sometimes where I'm like, OMG, but you know what? I'd rather have it than to not have it. So I'm so thankful for the Amber Alert because you just never know if it's one of your family members and this can just basically save a life. You know, so many children have been brought back to their families due to the Amber Alert. So that was one of the great things to come out. Such a horrific story is how the Amber Alert unfolded. Because when you do think about these things, especially back in 1996, you think about how is it that you can tell me about the weather 
but you can't tell me about someone who is being abducted, you know, and basically given that police description of that, that individual. Sadly, no one has been convicted of the murder of Amber Hagerman. Her killer is still out there, hopefully dead by now, but it would be nice for the family to, you know, have that, that knowing moment of like, why, you know, like you did this to my baby, you know, and it's just, it just makes you wonder, did this individual, you know, kill more? And it also makes you wonder, was it in fact a stranger? Because a lot of articles say that it was a stranger. Um, but it it does make you wonder too, like, was someone already watching her? I think about those things. It makes me think like, was this person already watching her? Did they already know she comes outside, but they were just waiting for the perfect moment. And of course it could just be, they placed an eye on Amber and seen that she was alone and decided maybe, Hey, you know, you know, some people, and I tell my kids this, don't go to nobody's car. I don't care who they are. You don't know them. If I don't tell you or your dad tells you they are okay. No, you know, like, I just, just so many things that makes you wonder, like, what did this person say to get her attention? I mean, she was nine years old, so they probably just said something like, oh, I have candy or whatever the case is. It just makes you really, really wonder. But nonetheless, that is the story of Amber Hagerman. Like I said previously, her killer is still out there, hopefully dead. (laughs) But I wonder, like, did they kill any more, you know? It does make you wonder. It does. It definitely makes you wonder. And what's even sad, I was reading the article, there was over 8,000 tips and leads in this case. And police officers and detectives worked so hard to really try to get this case solved. But it's still unsolved. And it just makes your heart like, mm, tugs at it. Because it's like her family deserves to know who did this to their child, their niece, their nephew, their grandchild, you know, time is moving. We're in 2020. This happened in 1996. It's, you know, all of those things, like I always say in every case, when I think back on the age, I think back on the year, like she was nine years old in 1996. I was probably going on six. So her daughter could literally be, you know, my age plus more, you know, plus more. So it's like, Dang, you know, but that is pretty much this episode of a crime story. I really do hope and pray that in some way her family was able to like get through. Of course, it has been years, but you still don't like even when people die, you know, you still have that grief feeling because regardless of regardless or not, you know, it hurts Death is never easy, regardless of the form they were killed. And so, especially as a child, when they didn't even get to live and you didn't get to see them, like, live on and have children, all of the things that you aspire for your children. So that definitely hurts me as a parent, aunt, you know, like, I, you want the world for the people that you love in your community and your family. So, but nonetheless... If you guys did not know, this is the story of how the Amber Alert came to be. It's a sad one, but it's something that truly changed the way we use electronics and technology. And the world has continued to evolve. And I think as we'll continue to evolve, 
it's going to get so much better when it comes to kidnappings, murders, and like really getting these bad guys. But that is today's episode, guys. I hope that you all like and subscribe if you are on YouTube. And I hope that you guys check this out on my podcast, The Milk Carton Series, on all formats. So guys, until the next episode, I will see you. I'm sending you all love and light during this trying time of the coronavirus. And I hope that you all are staying safe and sound and staying in your house so we can get through this. (laughs) So guys, I will see you. Bye-bye.